application uh, that I was making specifically to us here in Gungahlin heading into 2019 was to say that being a Christian is hard. And as far as we can see the future, being a Christian is only going to get harder. Until Jesus returns, it will get harder and harder and harder to live as a Christian, even though we get more familiar with it, perhaps even we become more aware of our sin, perhaps even we come to a better knowledge of who Jesus is and a better knowledge of our faith, it is never easy and it is never going to get easy to persevere in the faith and to be pursuing godly living. If we're going to stick at being a Christian and grow at being a Christian, the book of Colossians says that we need to be clear on Christ. Uh, over summer, we, the staff team were planning on doing a series of hot topics and uh, although it's glad to see today's a little bit cooler, uh, we've postponed that till a little bit later and decided to do this series on Colossians so that we might be clear on Christ. We've called this series Clearly Christ. Colossians is all about being clear on Christ. As we know Christ clearly, we might follow Christ clearly. And some of the clearest verses in Colossians about who Christ Jesus is are ones we're going to look at today. Uh, we're going to use the word Christ quite a lot. Uh, not just a name for Jesus, but a title. Uh, through the Old Testament, uh, God's King has the same title. It could be Christ. It, it, Christ means God's King who gives life, keeps life, and makes life new. And some of the clearest verses in Colossians, we're going to, I'm going to put up on the screen, and we're going to read them out loud uh, together, uh, these verses on who uh, Christ is. Okay, how did that go? Excellent. It's not huge font. See how you go. I'll say it so you can listen along. If you can, if you can read it, read it out loud with me. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20, together. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him, and for him. He is before all things. That didn't change. There we go. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Now I said these are some of the clearest verses on who Jesus is, the clearest verses on the cross. There are some really long 
complex sentences there. Uh, those of us who the children here who are, who are new readers, you might have found some words in there that were a bit hard uh, to read and some sentences that were a bit hard to say because of the complex ideas in there. So I'm going to help us to know three things from these verses about Christ Jesus. And they come under these three words, image, firstborn and head. Okay, if we can understand these three words, we'll understand a lot more about these verses about Jesus. The first word is image, the second word is firstborn, the third word is head. Did you see there in the first part of the passage, it said, the Son is the image of the invisible God. We're going to talk about camera selfies, okay? I'm going to come around with my, uh, my camera selfie here. Let me turn this microphone on. Who's familiar with taking selfies? Anyone here taking selfies? Sophie, you've taken a selfie before. Okay, so you're going to be a bit of an expert on selfies. Uh, this is my selfie camera. If you look into a camera selfie without putting your photo over the lens, uh, who can you see there? Okay, yeah, got in there with Andrew before. Now, here's a question. I don't know whether a selfie expert has ever thought of that, about this. If you were invisible, what do you reckon you would see in the screen? Uh, the background. You'd see the background, okay. Who else is a, a selfie expert? You are, Ruben? Okay, <laughs> let me bring my selfie camera over here. Who can you see in my camera selfie? Um, yes. Can you see yourself? Excellent. Okay, now here's a question for a selfie expert. If you were invisible, do you reckon you could see yourself on the screen? No. No? Okay. Well, that's two no's. Have we got a third uh, camera selfie expert? Yes, Emily? Okay, who can you see there? Me and the microphone. You and a microphone. Excellent, because they're both in the camera selfie. Now, have you ever thought about being invisible before? Yeah, you're a Harry Potter fan, the cloak of invisibility or invincibility? Invisibility. How did you know that? Somebody told me. Not about you being a Harry Potter fan, that was just a wild guess. <laughs> yes. So, so, so you do know about cloaks of invisibility and you're a selfie expert. If you Just imagine right now that you are invisible. Okay, and, and if you're looking in the selfie camera, what do you reckon you'd see? Uh, the back of your head. The people behind you. Okay, so you wouldn't be able to see yourself. Well, there you go. I've been thinking about this a little bit uh, with selfies and that kind of thing, and I want to do a little bit of a... Uh, let's call it a little bit of a trick uh, for you today. Okay, so... Let me get the bigger selfie camera here. Okay, you'll turn it sideways. Take the videos in landscape, so they say. Okay, now let's see if I can send what's on my screen up here to you. Get the right things there. Is this going to work? There. Did that work? <laughs> yes. Excellent, that worked perfectly. Okay, now let me introduce you 
to my invisible son. Would you like to see what my invisible son looks like on the selfie camera? Just head round here and get him. Haha, here he is. Oh, nearly pushed him off the stairs. Okay. Now, do you want to see what he looks like on the camera? Do you think you'll be able to see him? Okay. Got to press the play button. I mean the live stream button. (laughs) Is it working? Can you see anything? He's there, my invisible son. Excellent, okay. Oh, now I can't see him to get him back off the stage. Oh, he's already gone. He's gone out the door, okay. Excellent. Did anyone else go to the illusionists in December? Yeah, they told me not to give up my other job. Okay, that was just a little trick and you might be able to make up some like that at home over summer uh, with your selfie camera. I'd, I'd love to see some more clever ones than what I can do if you want to show them to me. In Colossians, it tells us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And it's not a magic trick. It's not an illusion. Jesus clearly shows us God, his nature and his character. It says, it says it like this in Hebrews, that the Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. So when we see Jesus, we see God. What Jesus is like, God is like. What Jesus loves, God loves. What Jesus hates, God hates. And so if you want to see God, you need to look at Jesus. If you want to know God, we need to know Jesus. He is the perfect image of God. So that's what's captured in that first word, image. Jesus is the image of God. Does anyone remember what the second word was that I said we're going to understand? Firstborn, that's it. It says this, the Son is the firstborn over all creation. Are you a firstborn in your family? Yep, there's a few of them here. I'm a firstborn in my family, apart from my parents, they were born before me. In some families, uh, we feel like being the eldest is special, come on, it is. (laughs) In some families, we feel like being middle is special because only one person can be the middle, but other people can be at at the ends. Or we might think it's special being the youngest. In God's family, Jesus has the place of the firstborn. Now, this just doesn't mean that Jesus is the big brother of everyone, uh, that he's born first and he's the oldest and or even that he was created first. See what it says in uh, our, our passage today? Because Jesus is the firstborn, it says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven 
and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things and in Him all things hold together. What it means for Jesus to be the firstborn is not that Jesus just comes first in birth, but He has this special relationship between God and all of creation so that God made everything through Jesus, God made everything for Jesus and God keeps everything together in Jesus. That's what it means for Jesus to be the firstborn over all creation. So Jesus, the image, Jesus is the firstborn and we've got one more word, head. Our passage says that Jesus is the head of of the body, the church. What Jesus is doing is creating a new people, described sometimes in the New Testament as a body, sometimes described as a church, a people who gather around Jesus in praise of God. And Jesus is the head who gives life to that body. Jesus is the head that gives life to the church. Jesus gives it life and leadership. He is the firstborn of a new people who are brought to God through reconciliation. Uh, We're going to have a bit more of a look at that word in a little while. But what we want to see in these three words, so that we understand them well... Everything about God is in Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. Everything in creation is under Jesus. He is the firstborn. And everything in the church, the gathering of God's new people, everything is led by Jesus because He is the head That's the image, the firstborn, and the head. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to say these verses again, out loud. I'm going to invite you to stand up to say them, as a bit of a statement of what we believe about who Jesus is, that we might be clear on who Christ is. So please stand, and we'll say these words along together, and then you can sit, and we'll pray. All together. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Please be seated and let's pray.
Our great God, we thank you for Jesus and we thank you in these verses from Colossians, we see clearly who he is as the Christ. We thank you that Jesus is your image who shows us yourself perfectly in nature and character. We thank you for the special place that Jesus has as the firstborn over all creation. And we thank you that Jesus is the head of the body, the church, and that he is gathering a new people to you through reconciliation. Dear God, though there's big words and hard ideas for us to understand and accept, help us to see Christ clearly so that we might know him, put our faith in him and follow after him. Amen. Many of us are probably determined uh, to get a summer project done, completed. Take on something that has a clear before and after. There's something in your home, something in your property, something in your work, something in your life that you would like to look differently before summer to after summer. Maybe you just dream about these kind of projects and you might not actually uh, get to it. I've got plenty of those ones. Uh, Maybe for you, it's a room renovation. Uh, You want to do a makeover of one of the rooms in your house. Maybe get as drastic as bringing in tradespeople to knock out walls or put in new kitchens. Maybe it's got something to do with your garden. Uh, There's a corner of your garden that you want to make more livable or just tidied up a little bit. I did one of these yesterday. That's not my photo. All I did was pick up sticks, really. Uh, But that's a makeover for me in terms of garden stuff. Uh, Maybe there's an overdue repainting project. I'm not suggesting there that if you have the before colour scheme that that's out of date or anything like that. But maybe, in your opinion, in your home, you'd like to update uh, some of the colours by repainting. Maybe it's not as drastic as a renovation or a remodel. Maybe it's a craft project that's been sitting there unfinished for a long time and you want to take it from before to after. It might be a jigsaw puzzle, a Lego build. Maybe your makeover renovation has something to do with your body and you want to undertake a fitness program uh, over summer in such a way that you can see the difference between the before and the after. Maybe you want to renovate something in your life, Uh, get more organised so that there might be less stress. Then we love sitting back, remembering the before and admiring the after. Colossians 1 tells us about the most exciting makeover, the most life-changing before and after. In these next three verses of Colossians, I'm going to put them on the screen and I'm going to read them for you. It says, once you, and in the way that Paul has written here to the Colossians, so far he's been talking about Christ in this glorious kind of ruling way, he now in the language that he's writing, he can kind of underline and bold print and you is bold printed underlined. The emphasis here really turns his attentions to the Christians in Colossae 
all Christians who are reading this letter. Once, verse 21, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. While we've already seen clearly Christ, here in these three verses we see clearly Christian, clearly Christian, what it looks like to clearly be Christian. There is a before, there's an after, and there's a a future, an ongoing reality. Let's look at them one by one. Here's the before, verse 21. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour. Now you've already got this image in your mind of aliens. Aliens and enemies, it sounds like some kind of uh, movie title. But what's being talked about here in verse 21 is not science fiction. It is an accurate description of you and me. We are naturally hostile towards God. Naturally, we have our own ideas about life that are largely centred on ourself. Our default worldview is focused and oriented on self. That is the before for every Christian. Alienated from God and enemies in our minds. That's the before. But because of Jesus' action, there is an after. A big but now. But now he has reconciled but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you whole in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. One of the new public holidays uh, on Canberra's um, Uh, uh, calendar uh, last year was Reconciliation Day, a sorry day, a day of acknowledging uh, the restoration and reconciliation that has happened, that needs to happen uh, between Australians and Aboriginal people. Um, As much as a commemoration day can do, as much as a reconciliation can do uh, to acknowledge uh, the wrongs that have been done, it holds out hope and raises awareness for ongoing reconciliation. A reconciliation that is still being worked out. For a Christian, there is a reconciliation day between God and us that achieves perfect and complete reconciliation. A day when aliens and strangers are brought together, a day when enemies become friends, when even enemies become family with God. And it's more than saying sorry, it's a day of actually dealing with the offence and brokenness of sin. Jesus did it. You've seen those verses? Through what Jesus has done, there is, a, there is a, a, a reconciliation where those who belong to him 
are holy in God's sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Reconciliation is done and is complete. That is the after for the Christian. Now, in verse 23, there is a future that starts today and goes on. It says, If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. One of the news stories over the last couple of weeks has been to do with Opal Tower. Uh, I met somebody last week who has a brand new unit, or had a brand new unit, uh, in, the, in the Opal Tower, who is now uh, living elsewhere. It is an impressive tower. It, it, was, it was designed out of an architecture competition. Uh, it, it has been built. It is impressive on the, on, the, on, the, on the cityscape. But now there's this great concern for its stability as parts of the building have started to crack and perhaps move, its future is uncertain. This is not what the Christian life is to be like. The Christian life is a stable and secure life with a certain future. It might not be big and impressive, it might not be the kind of life that wins any, uh, any, any awards or stands out to the world uh, round about us. But what, a, what Paul uh, calls us to is a life that is stable and secure in faith. Now, at the start of the sentence there, it has an if. Sometimes when we use the word if, it's in capital letters and it's underlined several times, if uh, you might be able to think of an example in the last uh, few days where you've uh, used the word if Australia might win the cricket test if okay so sometimes we use if where we're not really sure whether the result is going to come about because of it there's sometimes where it is really uh, really really uh, conditional. Uh, I will get you a cup of tea if you do all the washing up. <laughs> There's that kind of uh, force to the condition. But the way that Paul uses it here, it's not a loophole that's supposed to give us doubt and ask the question, well, have I faithed enough if you continue in your faith? Well, have I continued in my faith? Have I, have I done that? No, Paul's not doing that. Uh, the, the, the force of the word if here for him is to say that, well, ongoing faith is the evidence of the reality that we've gone through the before to the after. Okay, so we're brought through the before to the after by Jesus and our faith in him and the reality that we've gone from before to after is then a future of living in that faith. Okay, so we don't need to be asking the question, have I faithed enough? But have I gone through before and after and continuing to live that out? That's what it is. And that brings a stable and secure life with a certain future. Colossians tells us about the most exciting makeover ever, the most life-changing before and after. Because of who Christ is, 
verses 15 to 20, this is who you are. This is the life of faith, a persistent and consistent living of life under Christ. And so even if you don't complete a summer project, not even start a summer makeover, may you be reacquainted with the makeover that has already happened in your life. If you're a Christian, if your faith is in Jesus, your before of being an alien and an enemy of God is now an after of being reconciled to Him. Perhaps you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, you've, you've never put uh, your faith in Jesus. There's a marvellous makeover that might happen in your life of going from a, a worldview that is unstable and, and centred on self to being one that is centred on Christ and who He is and knowing a reconciliation with God. I'd encourage you uh, to keep investigating that over summer and get in contact with me through the Vital Info News Sheet if you'd like some help in thinking about uh, how to do that makeover uh, this summer. Where are you headed in 2019? What's going to be your focus? What's going to be clearly ahead for you this year? It's not going to be easy to persevere as a Christian. It's not going to be easy to keep faithing. It's not going to be easy to keep pursuing godliness. Being a Christian is hard. And until Jesus returns, it'll get harder and harder. If we're going to stick at being a Christian, we need to be clear on Christ. Know Christ clearly so that we might follow Christ clearly. Now I'm going to put up some words again where I've turned these verses from Colossians to be a personal statement for you, for us, if you've gone through the before and after. I'm going to say them out loud and if these are true for you, you might like to echo them in your own mind. It says this, Once I was alienated from God, and an enemy in my mind because of my evil behaviour. But now, he has reconciled me by Christ's physical body through death to present me holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, provided that I continue in the faith, established and firm, and not moving from the hope held out in the gospel.'" 